you are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for Valentine's Day. What do you love about your Utah Jazz? 1980s talk show coming your direction next. No, I'm not doing that today. We're doing a deep dive on Rudy Gobert, his impact on the team, and how good this team really might be had Gobert been healthy all year. We'll look at Favors and Gobert together. Is it really working? And our NBA 5, it's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. It really would have been a 1990s talk show, not a 1980s talk show, but I just thought I'd throw it out there. I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. I hope you're doing great. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. Uh, this is our daily podcast about the Utah Jazz, bringing you expertise and insight and behind-the-curtains look on things, uh, as well as some geeky numbers. A lot of geeky numbers. Today's show is brought to you by The Store. I heard a story about somebody going to the store and them not knowing the David Locke mudslide cookie. A tragedy. I will find that person and I will ship them mudslide cookies. And Murdoch Chevy. Tyson and the crew over in Woods Cross doing a great job with Chevy. The Murdoch family and Chevy have been together for 80, 90 years. 90 years. They're old. <laughs> Tyson's old. Oh, my gosh. And have you seen what Blake looks like now? No, I'm just kidding. Hope you're good. I'm a little goofy this morning. Nothing went right this morning. Uh, not in a bad way. I, I'm in a trying to do a routine where I, one of the life hack things I've talked about is 30 minutes to yourself every single morning before you start. So I get up at about 5.20 this morning and try to do about a 30-minute yoga, and I'm actually trying to do 10 minutes of meditation, which I don't really get into yet. But, um, but I'm trying, and I'm terrible. I cannot. You, this will not surprise you if you listen to this show. I can absolutely not keep my brain quiet. Uh, I cannot, while trying to do meditation, cannot keep my, like you're supposed to just follow your breath. I can last two breaths and then, wee, look, squirrel. And then I come back and two more breaths and, ooh, look. Like, it's brutal. That's why I'm trying it. All right, let's continue. I want to dig into Rudy Gobert today. Uh, I just, I had some thoughts like, okay, so I brought this up yesterday on the program. I think I mentioned this to Jake and Tony. So, the other night, the Jazz held in the, uh, San Antonio to 100 points per possession. It was the 23rd time this year that the Jazz have held an opponent to under a point per possession. You are not going to lose very often when you do that. Uh, just kind of in general, you have to have a pretty equally brutal offensive night it's incredible. So 23 of our 57 games, we've held our opponent to under a point per possession. So that made me wonder, like, okay, well, how many of those are with Rudy? Point per possession is just means you had an unbelievable defensive game. The league average is like 107, and the best in the league is 112. And frankly, you should be able to – and the way our offense is built now is we look at we'll, – we'll look at it on Pack Friday – with almost everybody being average, we'll always be around 105. Our our numbers going to be around 105 or 10 or 106, right? That's kind of I think we're 1059 for the season. Okay. Uh So I went and looked at it. Rudy Gobert, according to my numbers, which I believe are right, has played 31 games this year for the Utah Jazz. 
And in 18 of the 31 games Gobert has played, the Jazz have held the opponent to a below, equal to or below one point per possession per game. 18 of 31 games. This guy's incredible. The impact he has is just mind-blowing. Eight of We go back to when we struggled. In eight of his first 13 games he played this year, the Jazz held an opponent to below a point per possession. And, and when Gobert got hurt 13 games in the season, our, our offense was 28th in the NBA, but our defense was fourth. Hard to kind of... Hard to do that, actually. Hard to be that bad offensively. Gobert comes back in the middle of the year for five games. And and I think a little bit of what happened to us, if you recall, is that in the games right before he comes back, we've, like, hit our stride. We're, like, beating Chicago and Milwaukee and Denver and the Clippers, and we're rolling, and we look so great. And we're like, ah, oh, we don't need Rudy. And then Rudy comes back, and there's a stupid discussion from some people, not me. I promise you on this one, I make a lot of mistakes, but never thought this for a second. Oh, I wonder if Rudy helps us. And, like, and, and Rudy comes back, and he's not quite right, and he doesn't play 30 minutes in any of the five games he comes back. He does not play 30 minutes in any of the five games he comes back. And in that five-game stretch, we actually hold two of the five opponents to under 100 but points per possession, but it seems kind of funky. One of them's Washington and in that blowout, and they're having all sorts of problems. And in that stretch, we're 22nd offensively, and we're fourth defensively again. With Gobert not playing 30 minutes, we're still fourth defensively. Our offensive rating went from 97 to 104.5, and... Our defensive rating hovered right around 102, which is still pretty good. And then in the last 13 games since Gobert's come back, so we Gobert's come back when he's actually been pretty right. He played 29, 28, 27, and 37 is by his fourth game back, and has pretty much played 30 after that. In eight of the 13 games, we've held the opponent to under a point per possession, and some of them have been, you know, quite frankly absurd. Um, Detroit to 86.4 offensive rating. Toronto is one of the best offenses in the league to 95. The Warriors to 95. Phoenix to 96 is not. We got tired and San Antonio beat us up without Donovan. and We still won. Then New Orleans was 102, which is still an incredible night. We've had 29 games this year of 102 or below. The Grizzlies were at 92. The Hornets at 98. The Pelicans at 97. And the Spurs at 100. 23rd game this year in which we did that. Uh, so all of a sudden, if you look at the, if you take out that middle spurt, 16 of the 26 games that Go Bears played, we've held the opponent to an offensive rating of under 100. You're just going to win an awful lot of basketball games that way. I don't care. You know, I don't care a single thing about your offense. Like Naismith made a game where people score. That that's actually just kind of the way it is. Naismith made a game where people score, and the and 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 we and we're scoring at a high rate. We're actually our offensive rating since Rudy came back is a one eleven. One eleven puts us up with some of the top in the league, which I don't think any of us really believe we are. But we'll take it, and a lot of that's just that we've got some unusual three-point shooting going on right now. And so we're pretty, you know, we're going to be willing to take advantage of that. Our our three-point shooting, 
which I don't know if you recall, but I wrote a piece earlier this year that our three-point shooting would be fine. I didn't think it would be this. In the win streak, our three-point shooting is at 45%. We've hit 45% of our threes in the win streak. So keeping on this back to Gobert, so in the first stint of the year, we're the fourth best offense, second stint, or defense, second stint, we're the fourth best, and the next stint, we're the second best. If you, for the season, for the season, I have not been able to run in games Gobert played. But I can guess from just looking at this that we're the second or third defensive team in the league when Gobert plays. When Rudy plays 30 minutes, we're 14 and 6. When Rudy Gobert plays 30 minutes a night, the Jazz are 14 and 6. Oh, but it's probably against nobody's. Portland, Detroit. Memphis, Phoenix, Philadelphia, Lakers, Miami, Denver, Toronto, Portland, Golden State, Minnesota, New Orleans, Chicago, Oklahoma City, Phoenix again, San Antonio again, Toronto. Yeah, okay, it's pretty pretty good. It's pretty good. 14 and 6. You know, when Rudy plays 30 minutes, he puts up numbers too. The... The other one that gets interesting here, for the season, our off our defensive rating with Rudy Gobert on the floor is a one hundred point one. Okay, so that gets that make that's better than Boston. With him off, it's a one oh six point one. That's about average. And that's kind of the goal I've always said. If we can be average defensively when Gobert's off the floor, will be pretty good. That's because I'm never worried about. Since on the win streak, the defense has been better than average, and I found out, and I dug in a little bit and found out why. During the win streak, there's been an abnormally poor three-point shooting by opponents when Gobert is off the floor. Okay. I know it's kind of weird, like, but so when Gobert's on the floor during the win streak, the defensive rating is a 98.8. That makes total sense. Opponents are shooting 34.2% from three. That makes total sense. When Gobert is off the floor right now, the defensive rating is a 102.7, which would make us the fourth best defensive team in the league. Toronto's exactly at that. Now, let me point that out, by the way. This I probably should have brought this up earlier. I just didn't think about it, so I didn't. When I'm talking about 100, Boston's the best in the league at 100.5. San Antonio's at the second best at 102. So, like, 100, maybe it's equal to the best league, but no one's actually close to Boston. 102, two points a lot. Philadelphia's at 102.5, and so around there, so is Toronto. You go to 102. Only two teams are in the 103s, Golden State and the Thunder. And then and then you get to us overall at 104 for the season. So when we're at 100, there's only six teams in the league that are actually within four points of that. I mean, that's just a striking number. 
So when Rudy's on the floor in this win streak, it's 98.8. When Rudy's off the floor in this win streak, it's a 102.7. Okay, that's great. Opponents are shooting 29.7% from three in that time period. So that, there's a, there's a little bit there which leads me to say, eh, I think that's going to stop. Right? And we'll get back to being a little more normal because what we have right now is insane. And that is just, you know, we're on a hot streak. We're really good. The ball's bouncing our direction. And we're playing with great confidence and connectiveness, and it works. It's pretty cool. Today's show brought to you by my friends over at the store, 6200 South and 20th East. Um, Jacob, some salt they just added in. They've just done a great job. Oh, It's such a neat place for a grocery store because I think so much of the of, at least this is my personal feeling. So many things I, I do, it, even on the road or anywhere else, is kind of that staleness of, and, it, and it's good, I get it, um, staleness of you know exactly what you're going to get when you walk in. And there's a positive to that. Like if I walk into whatever grocery store, coffee shop, that's a chain, I know exactly what I'm getting. When I... Walk into the store, what I get is the personal touch of Jeff and Scott and the family putting together a place that has the best items. I know that um, Jeff was just out traveling the country, uh, following the jazz, and visiting various places to see what fun things they might be able to add. One of the most recent things they've added over the store is the Jacobson Salk uh, to them. The When you walk into the right-hand side, they now have the... Um, the kombucha and the cold brew and the Arnold Palmer makers right there for you. If you go to the left side, they've got the fresh orange juice maker. Uh, you can make your fresh orange juice or you can just pull it out of the rack. It's right there as well. That's kind of probably the better way to do it than sitting there and squeezing orange juices, orange all over you. They, they actually do it for you. Um, but it's, if you like the, the, if you're with the kids, do it the other way because the machine is, is super cool. Uh, so anyway, all these fun, fun things that go on the store. It's just that personal touch. The back left-hand corner of the store has uh, the meats and hot foods for you and marinated meats if you want to uh, have them ready for you when you when you get home or ready, already pre-done. So fabulous aspects all the way across, 6200 South, 20th East, and then right next to the store is the Ace Hardware, uh, which is the Cottonwood Ace. It has the best Traeger uh, display anywhere in Utah. You can see that when you're there as well. They also have the green egg. It's almost getting to be that barbecue time uh, again. Part of this, uh, of the Gobert dominance is that the Favors-Gobert combination is back to having success. And on one level, I completely agree with that. And on another note, I kind of want to slow the roll a time. Ron Boone, literally in the broadcast the other night, says to me, slow the roll. Not slow the flow, slow the roll. The defense of the two of them on the floor has been dominating in numerous games. And then there have been a few times where Quinn has recognized, yeah, this is not working great. And so there's a the, the key to, I think, the favors-go-bear combination is having 
enough options that you're not beholden to it. So if we kind of walk back through what's going on with these guys, in Detroit, they played nine minutes together. Actually, we go back. Let's go back to the Knicks game. They played nine minutes together. Their defensive rating was a 160. It was a disaster. Against the Clippers, they played 12 minutes together. They were plus 11, but the defensive rating was a 113. Against Atlanta, played 13 minutes together. They couldn't score. The defensive rating was good at 77, but the offensive rating was a 66. It's incredibly bad. Then the win streak starts. Detroit, they're 103. They were even in nine minutes. Toronto, they were outscored by three in 10 minutes. Golden State, they were plus five in 10 minutes. Defensive ratings, and these were not good. Against Phoenix, last time they played, they were plus 33 in 16 minutes. And you got to be a little careful here to not have that singular game or two skew this whole deal. So in 16 minutes, they were plus 33 together because Phoenix just was not good that night. A little more confidence together. They play San Antonio. They're on the floor together for 22 minutes of the San Antonio game. They're plus 14 with an 87 defensive rating. Pretty awesome. Pelicans, they roll again as a 77 defensive rating together and a plus 26. So you do have a plus 59 in three, in two games, one against the Pelicans and one against the Suns that are skewing the numbers a tiny bit. Against the Grizzlies, though, they're plus five in 22 minutes. 22 minutes on the floor together is a lot. Charlotte works again. They're plus 11 with an 89 defensive rating. These are, these are incredibly, I mean, you just, these teams could not, for a team to go 16, 20 minutes and be scoring at .9 points per possession just means they can't score. I mean, it really just means you can't score at all. Portland, same thing happened. They're at 85.9 in 22 minutes. So here we do have a stretch of five, six games where the two of them together have just crushed people. San Antonio goes small, doesn't work. Quinn pulls the plug on it. And that, I think, is the key. They only played 10 minutes together against San Antonio. They were minus five in those 10 minutes. The defense was actually still good. The offense, they couldn't score. And the key to me on this whole thing is you've got to have the flexibility in your roster, and Jay Crowder may give this to you, and hopefully some more in the offseason, or Tabo gets healthy, that you don't, you're not beholden to the combination. It's certainly better, uh, and they're and they're playing better together. But as you, you got to be a little careful with it. The other thing is, you know, again, I kind of go back to this. There's some abnormal numbers take place and streaks, and the mo- you know the most impactful variable item that you have uh, in the NBA is three point shooting with its prominence. And interestingly, you know, one feeling earlier this year was that if you put the two of them on the floor together, you can't get enough spacing to get three-point shots. In Since Gobert's come back, with the two of them on the floor together, we're shooting 43% from three. I'm not sure that that's totally sustainable, but it's at least worth noting. Um, that, we're, that we're 
that hot from three with the two of them. I, well, I'm not. I'm pretty certain I know 43 percent is not sustainable. But is there something in that lineup that's doing a particularly good job of getting three point shots for other players with picks and things of that nature? That's what I mean by looking into it. The D, the other opponents are shooting 36 percent from three in that same time period, which is actually means that you kind of would believe that the defensive rating can hold. It's pretty incredible. All right, NBA 5, because there's really interesting things going on with teams struggling. I'll explain why maybe you don't take them and some interesting playoff projection numbers as well. Uh, We'll get into that in just a second. The Murdoch family and Chevy have been together for over 90 years. And Chevy is rolling. They're winning every J.D. Power. You see it on the Olympic commercials. You see it on everything. They've got the only truck line that has all three truck segments with the heavy-duty Silverado, the light-duty half-ton truck Silverado, the mid-sized truck Colorado. The unibody frame is safer. It's one single frame. You've also got that Colorado diesel. Chevy's kind of that bread and butter brand that's solid. It's part of the culture, part of America Party. And that's what the Murdochs have been a part of for 91 years. So check it out over at Woods Cross, also up in Logan. The Murdoch Chevy family is there for you. The SUV line, Suburban, Tahoe, Equinox. Traverse has three rows of seating as well. The tracks, and then you've got the Equinox and the Cruise. Uh, excuse me, you got the Cruise as well. So a lot of fun things taking place uh, for you at Murdoch Chevy. If you're in the market for a Murdoch, or if you're in the market for a Chevy, Do it with Murdoch, and when you use Murdoch, you know you get the no-regrets dealer with the five-day exchange policy, the car washes, and oil changes for life and all the elements uh, of who the Murdochs are. $10,000 off the 2018 Silverado 1500 uh, right now, or up to $10,000. No, I think it's just $10,000 off uh, for you right now. That is out at Murdoch Chevy Woods Cross. Stop by. All right, let's do NBA 5. So this is a funky time of the year, and you have to be a little careful of overvaluing it because everybody's kind of stumbling to the All-Star break, and they're tired. And then everyone comes back and kind of refocuses and puts a, and you know, and puts the pedal down. And when teams like us are hot right now, you really are able to take advantage of these, of these win streaks and get rolling. Uh, but on the other end, San Antonio... Uh, lost again last night. So all of a sudden, they're at 24 losses. Denver came back to win that one, 117-109. Good win by Denver. Too bad, because we kind of want the Spurs to win that. Uh, you know, we, we haven't moved in the playoff position yet. we got to make the playoffs. The projections are great. So, And I, don't, I think these things are a little off. Um, I think they have traditionally overvalued us, I would point out. Um, and that makes me a little nervous on getting too excited about these. But... Every 538 has us way too high. They have us like at fifth. ESPN and Basketball Reference both have us at sixth in the West. Uh, it's because we're playing well and the others aren't. So it's, I'm not sure I buy it. But it's it's interesting to kind of look at what's going on right now. So the Spurs are, are stumbling with all their injuries. Minnesota, for the last 10 games, is and maybe longer, is last in the NBA in defense. Like, Tom Thibodeau has not gotten these guys to play defense yet. 
or they did for a little while and they've stopped, which might be even more disconcerting. So for all the Jimmy Butler and all the other things, if we look at the last, I think I can go 15 games, I'll look at it. I I know last 10, that's still true. But Minnesota has simply stopped defending. So over the last 10 games, Minnesota is now 29th in the league defensively, third in the league offensively. Denver, by the way, has stopped defending too. They're 27th. Now that's where these teams are tired and they're stumbling along and they're just getting by. And that's and that's where you have to be a little careful. But with that said, Minnesota is was 13 games above 500. They're now 10. So they're 6-9 and nine in their last 15 games. That's not rolling, certainly. Oklahoma City, since Andre Robertson went out, is a problem. Andre Robertson is, whatever reason, it has to do with the backline defense when Steven Adams comes up on the pick and roll, is incredibly key and vital to this team. Oklahoma City, over the last 15, still has good numbers in the sense that they are 5-7, and seven, or excuse me, they're five, fifth offensively and seventh, defense, seventh overall. We go to the last 10 where we start to dig into what happened since they've not had Robertson, and they lose Robertson on the 27th. They win the 28th. Since then, their loss last night, they're 2-6. and six. So if you take their last nine, which is the nine games that they've played without Robertson, the Thunder suddenly look a little vulnerable. They're 17th offensively and 17th defensively. Again, stumbling to the finish line. Denver, that's a good win for them last night. Someone's got to falter here, though. You know, as good as we've been, we've not made those inroads yet. So Denver has suddenly won five of six with wins over Thunder, Warriors, Spurs. Pretty impressive. They may have righted their ship a little bit. So they're they're suddenly rolling. Clippers. Clippers getting the crew back. They have suddenly won seven of nine. That's why we're not making inroads. They do not have impressive wins in that run. They're beating bad teams, which is fine. That's That gets it done. And then the Pelicans are struggling. But we just ran through the teams, and what's interesting is even with kind of San Antonio struggling, Minnesota struggling, Oklahoma City struggling, none of them, I think, are concerned if they're going to make the playoffs or not. Maybe they should be, but they're not. And what you have instead, the teams other than the Pelicans, who frankly have won two in a row, give them credit, uh, for that, they'd lost five of six. Maybe they're finding themselves. It's taking superhuman days by Anthony Davis. But two teams have got to fall out of the playoffs, so we're just going to have to catch people. We're just going to keep playing like we are and catch people. And if you go back to where we started the show today, 14 and six when Rudy plays 30 minutes, maybe we can do that. It's pretty pretty interesting to watch. Right now, the Timberwolves have 25 losses. Spurs have 24. Timberwolves have 25. Oklahoma City, Denver, Portland, and the Pelicans and the Clippers all have 26 losses. And we have 28. 
So there are five teams in our scope. And then when Minnesota, if Minnesota blunders again, there'll be six. And if the Spurs keep going, there'll be seven. It's wildness. All right, Phoenix tonight. Let's get this one. Notch it up to 11 straight. Go to the break. Rolling. This has been Locked on Jazz, brought to you by the store at 61 South, 20th East. Brought to you as well by Murdoch Chevy, locally in Utah nationally, by SeatGeek and ZipRecruiter today. It is Locked on Jazz, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.